How's it going, everybody? And welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. If this video gets 3.5K likes, I know people don't like to be told what to do, so I'm all for that, okay? Don't do what I say. But if you would like to see fireworks, you would like to have some happiness, hit the thumbs up because you send positive vibes, you're going to get something back in positivity or something like that. Also, comment what you want us to talk about next week. As you can see throughout this video, we took your guys' suggestions from last week and we talked about it this week so make sure you comment what you want us to talk about let's get into it okay so have you seen the new technology that says it will give you superpowers how's it going to give you superpowers okay so there's this new thing called mojo lens that are literally contacts for your eyes that will change the way you see everything okay so how does it do that so once you put these in it'll give you like a full heads-up display and analyze all the data around you it's kind of like when iron man puts on his helmet or like spider-man's edith glasses it will change everything you see and analyze data everywhere. So say you're meeting someone for the first time, the lenses will show you their name and who they are. And say you're in a different country and all the signs are in a different language so you can't read it, the lenses will translate it all for you to make them all turn into English. And if it's super dark outside, the lenses will literally give you like night vision so you could see everything. It's crazy that this could all happen from a contact lens. Yeah, and even when you close your eyes, the lenses will turn into a virtual reality. So it's like having an Oculus, but just a part of your eye it's really scary to see how much technology is improving like there's been so many big jumps yeah and this is literally just this little contact lens like it's not even like this big machine it's a contact lens i mean when you think about that with like google glass and like all these different ray-ban stories and facebook glasses like there's like so much technology with lenses it would make sense that they would eventually try to do the contact lens thing so moving on do you know who the real life indestructible man was there is no way there's an indestructible man well there actually was and his name was Frank Cannonball Richards. His middle name was Cannonball? Kinda, I'll explain that part a little later. But this guy claimed that he had the most indestructible stomach and a bunch of people like didn't believe him. So he had Marines and professional boxers just constantly punch him in the stomach like a bunch of times in a row. And literally none of the punches would phase him. Like it didn't even hurt him. So he would just stand there and just get hit a bunch of times in the stomach. Yeah, and people thought he was faking it because you can't prove you're indestructible by just getting punched in the stomach. So to prove himself, he decided to stand a few feet in front of a loaded cannon and they would shoot cannonballs at his stomach which is why they call him frank cannonball richards how would he survive a cannonball to the stomach what's crazy is he'd actually get shot twice a day with a cannonball in the stomach and people started to worry for his health so he had doctors examine him and he literally had nothing wrong with him like doctors said there was literally nothing wrong everything was intact and he had no injuries i wonder what his like dna makeup was like to be able to have that structure of a stomach it just doesn't make sense it really sounds like either superman or mr fantastic that you can absorb the blow and there's like no repercussions to the body yeah i mean it's pretty crazy the guy would get shot with a cannon like when you think of a cannon you think it's just gonna explode people but this guy would just stand there and take it like i wonder if when he gets hit by the cannon like would he go flying backwards or if he just like stood there like really like stoic and just took the hit and the cannonball would just fall to the ground or if, like he would get flown backwards i mean there's actual footage of it and when he gets hit he like flies back a little bit but he just gets up like he's fine. Like, it doesn't even phase him. It's a literal cannonball. Like, this thing is huge. Okay, so make sure you comment if you'd rather have the super strong stomach or the super smart contact lenses. So up next, have you seen the town that's been invaded by real-life dolls? 
What? Okay, so there's this town that literally has life-size dolls living in it because this lady decided to visit her hometown and she noticed that a lot of the residents were moving away and leaving and she started to feel super lonely and she didn't want her hometown to start to die off. So she started making life-size dolls that resembled all the people that left the town and she would place them all over the town as if they never left. I mean, it sounds really sad, but it's really creepy at the same time. Yeah, so in her town, the population before everyone left was 300 humans. But now it's only 27. But the doll population is 270. So they have more dolls than humans living there. Yeah, so she creates like entire families and gives them outfits and puts them at their old houses. And she even created a bunch of children that sit at the desk inside the town's classroom. So she repopulates the town with dolls. Yeah, when you walk through the town, there's at least one doll almost at every building. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I wonder like at what point made her like even decide to want to start that. You know, like you... You, like, one day were like, I want to put dolls in, like, places where people have gone. Like, they left. So I'm just going to put a doll and make it look like them. It's, like, so weird to resort to that. You have to think, right? If no one's going to come live there, you might as well just fill it with something. And I think it's, it's, like, a cool thing for, like, tourists to come visit. So in a way, it does populate the town again with tourists. Shoot, man, if I'm a tourist, just take me to Toys R Us if I want to see some dolls. I'm not, I don't need to go to like a creepy town with dolls there. I'm fine with the Toys R Us Target you know, toy section. So speaking of dolls in like childhood games and stuff, I want to talk about some of the dark origins of games. And like we've all grown up playing games, but we don't really know like the backstory of these games and like why did we play them, who created them, and what really went down. Okay, so for everyone who doesn't know, the game Operation was a board game where you play as like a surgeon or like a doctor and you have to remove like random objects out of like the guy, right? You're giving it, you're doing a surgery basically. I absolutely hated this game. So the creator of the game, John Spinello, was actually an industrial design student at the University of Illinois. And he created the game in 1964, but he wasn't much of like a business person. He was more into like the design and being like creative with the game. So when he was approached to sell the game, he didn't know what to sell it for. Like he had no idea. So he said like, what about like $500? And he also asked for a job when he gets out of college. And the game company was like, sure, we'll give you $500 and a job when you get out of college. So John was really happy because he got $500 and he secured a job for after college but then all of a sudden when he graduated college the company said oh actually we don't have any jobs for you so you're on your own and john was like devastated because that was part of the deal dude that's messed up yeah i mean the game operations has made over 40 million dollars and john only got 500 dollars when he sold the game and what's really sad is recently john's been having a lot of health issues and his doctor said that you would have to get an operation but the operation cost twenty five thousand dollars, and john couldn't afford it so what ended up happening was two toy designers got together and they decided to raise some money for john and they got all these Operation fans, like fans of the board game, to come together and raise money for John, and they ended up raising $60,000 for him. And this paid for his operation, and everything went successfully for John. Okay, I'm glad that John was able to get his surgery, but dude, that is so messed up. That game made $40 million, and he only got 500 bucks. Yeah, so back in 1964, like 500 bucks was like equivalent to like $4,000 today, but still, like, I mean, 500 bucks is 500 bucks. The game's selling more than 40 million copies now. Okay, so the next crazy board game is Candyland. So do you know the Dark Origin? of the game Candyland. Okay, I hope this one's not disturbing. Okay, so the game Candyland was made in 1949 and it was actually made by a school teacher during the polio outbreak. And this teacher felt really bad for the kids that had polio. So she wanted to make a game where they could escape and be happy. And as we know, polio at the time was a very deadly disease and they didn't have any solution really to help people. And since these kids that had polio couldn't walk or like be outside and kids that didn't have polio couldn't go out because people were scared about them getting polio. So all these kids were indoors. And she created Candyland to be able to help them like 
experience like being outdoors and like being able to move and be creative. Okay, that's actually really sad. Yeah, and what's really sad is some of these kids that were playing this game, like it gave them hope, but ultimately they died from polio because a lot of the kids had the iron lung that was like trying to keep them alive, but a lot of them passed away. And the only thing that kept them going was the game Candyland. Okay, honestly, I appreciate Candyland a lot more now. I, I never knew this backstory. Yeah, I honestly had no idea like both of these games had like such crazy backstories. Okay, so moving on to something very obscure. Okay, this is very weird, and I have to start off by saying I love the movie Shrek. You love the movie Shrek, right? Yeah. But have you heard of Shrek Fest? What the heck is Shrek Fest? So recently, the legend Ryan Trahan went to this thing called Shrek Fest, where thousands of Shrek fans, like the movie Shrek, all come together to celebrate Shrek, and they all are big fans. Wait, so it's like a Comic-Con for Shrek? Yeah, so everyone comes to this Shrek Fest, and they all dress up as like one of their favorite characters from Shrek. And there's like challenges and games that they have to compete for to see who's the ultimate Shrek fan. So the first challenge they have to do is they have a roar challenge. You know how Shrek roars? Like they actually all get up on stage and roar and see who has the best Shrek roar. And then the next challenge they have is a costume challenge where they all walk up on stage and they all compare like their Shrek costumes. So like Ryan Trahan was Lord Farquaad and like people start booing him because he's the villain of the movie. And the final challenge they have is a raw onion eating contest. So they all get up on stage and they all get handed a raw onion and they just start going to town like eating it like as fast as they can and whoever eats it the fastest is like crowned like the Shrek Fest champion. Dude, how could someone eat a whole raw onion? It just shows you like how dedicated these fans are, right? They know Shrek loves onions, so they decided to do that. I want to go to this. I feel like this would be actually really fun. Let us know if we should go to this and if you want us to film it. I'm just going on this whole train of weird stuff today and I don't mean to be offensive or anything because, you know, you may catch me at Shrek Fest next year. Like, it's just so funny to see, like, people eating onions on stage and roaring. I don't know. Do you know the man who only eats worms? What? So there's this guy who only eats worms, and in his town, he's known as the Worm Man. They call him the Worm Man? Yeah, so this guy's dream ever since he was a little kid was to hold a Guinness World Record, and he discovered that there is a Guinness World Record for the most worms a man can eat, and he wanted that one. So what he does is he literally got this award so he eats worms on the daily he'll put worms on burgers he eats 200 worms a day in preparation for his competitions to like train his body so every day he'll eat 200 worms to make his stomach ready for the competition okay where's he even getting that many worms so what he does is he goes to like this fish and tackle store at like nearby his house and like he goes in like three times a week to buy worms and like the workers all know him and what's even crazier is that he lifts up like different containers and like oh there's crickets he eats the crickets he eats minnows, like, out of the water. How is he not getting sick? I honestly don't know how he does it, and I'm pretty sure, like, obviously he's a trained professional, because if, if you didn't have that training, right, you would probably die. So he ends up doing a competition where he has to try to eat as many worms as he can for 30 seconds, and he ate 215 worms. He ate over 200 worms in 30 seconds. Yeah, it's like he stuffs it, like, in his mouth, and he just swallows it. Like, he's, a, he's not chewing. He just, like, swallows the <laughs> He describes the taste. He describes the taste. He like he talks about the different types of worms there are. And he goes like this worm tastes like dirt. This worm tastes like swamp. Like I don't know. Like he's just like describing each type of worm. I don't know how he knows the difference. I don't understand how you enjoy doing that. Oh, this is weird. Did you know like majority of people are actually partially blind? How is everyone blind? So the way our eyes work, we all experience like a sense of blindness and we just don't realize it. So what I want you to do is I want you to watch this video and tell me how many times you see the team in white shirts passed the basketball. And I bet you you're going to have a hard time counting how many times they passed the basketball. It's like going to be really tough for you. What? Okay, so you're watching them, right? 
three, four, okay. five. Count in your head. Count in your head. Every time the team in white shirts pass the ball, count those many times. Yeah, I think it's 13. You think that the team in white shirts pass the ball 13 times? Yeah. Well, you're right. Okay. But did you see there's a bear that is like moonwalking across the screen? What? Yeah, if you rewind it, there's actually a bear, like a person in a bear suit walking across the screen. But you're so hyper-focused on counting the amount of times the team's passing the ball that your brain goes blind to that detail of the bear walking across the screen because you're so focused on the basketball. That was not there the first time. Isn't that crazy? Wait, no way. Let us know. Did you see the bear? Be honest, though. Be honest. I've never met someone that has seen the bear. Wait, that's so trippy. Oh, so there's this crazy thing that just happened. Have you seen the new way Amazon's shipping packages? No. So recently, Amazon revealed how they're shipping packages to people, and it's literally like a real-life Call of Duty. What? So you know like care packages in Call of Duty? Like they fall from the sky with a little parachute? That is what Amazon's doing. So they have these mini planes that they put the packages in the plane, and the box has a little parachute on it. And they have this plane launch into the sky. And with drone technology, it could travel up to 50 miles and drop the package off at the person's location and then come right back. Okay, that's actually insane. Yeah, and when it comes back, it has like these self-suspension cables that it flies right into, so it stops the plane from moving. It's just like when you see like the jets and Top Gun hit that cord and they stop the plane. It looks just like that. Dude, it is like real life Call of Duty. I know for me growing up, like I've always wondered like, like who is the oldest person to ever live? Like, and how do you live longer? I would love to like understand exactly, like meet with someone who's lived the longest and be like, how are you doing it? Like, what is your daily life? Like, I want to follow them around. Yeah, I guess a lot of people question, like, what's the secret? Because there's a lot of, like, crazy secrets out there that a lot of people have. They just don't know. Okay, so do you know the oldest person to ever live? So this lady named Jean Calment grew up in France in 1875. Okay, what was her secret to living long? So surprisingly, she was actually really unhealthy. She drank a bunch of wine. She smoked. She ate a bunch of chocolate daily. She had a very bad diet. What? Yeah, so she managed to see the Eiffel Tower start being built and being completed, she outlived her daughter and her grandson, and she decided to start the sport fencing at the age of 85 years old. And what's crazy, she would ride her bike weekly, and she rode her bike way past 100 years old. Okay, how is that even possible? I know, it's crazy. And what's even crazier is at 114 years old, she decided to become an actress, and she started a movie. And at the age of 120, she started her own documentary, a movie about her life. So she got a star in her own documentary? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so she lived to 122, but what's crazy, when she was a 13-year-old girl, she actually sold art supplies to Vincent Van Gogh. That just shows you how long she lived. Wait, so she knew Vincent Van Gogh. Apparently, Vincent Van Gogh was not very nice to her, but she lived for a very long time. I think the, second, the person that lived the longest like in second place was only up to 119. Okay, 122 years old is crazy. That's insane. Yeah, so moving on now, this is another crazy story. Okay, this story is going to make your mind feel a certain way. It's going to make you question your life. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Gotta love some story time. Do you know the story about a girl that got trapped in a basement, but it actually saved her life? What do you mean? So the story starts off with a girl named Michelle. And she's actually a fashion designer and she's leaving her apartment. But what she does is she leaves behind some keys in a wedding ring. And for some reason, she drives out of her city and just keeps driving. And she's just driving for hours and then she decides to go to a gas station. And when she gets out of her car to get gas, she notices like a really suspicious truck nearby. But she doesn't think anything of it and she just gets back in her car and starts driving. Oh, gosh. So she's driving on the road again. And all of a sudden, her husband, Ben, keeps trying to call her. But she's really upset at her husband. 
And that's the reason why she left her house in the first place. So he keeps calling her and Michelle keeps hanging up on him. And then she turns on the radio and hears that there's been a bunch of power outages around her area. But then all of a sudden something hits Michelle's car and an accident happens and her car starts flipping over. Did she survive? Yeah, so Michelle wakes up and she wakes up in like this concrete room and she notices that she has shackles on her legs. And she's like so confused. So she grabs like one of these medical poles and she sees her stuff. So she's, she's trying to grab her cell phone. And when she grabs her cell phone, she's like so happy and she looks at it and she realizes that there's no reception where she's at. And then all of a sudden, Michelle hears these footsteps coming towards the door. And all of a sudden, this guy walks in with some food for her. And he also has a gun on his hip and his name is Howard. So Howard tells Michelle, I'm trying to help you. And he hands her some crutches to try to help her get back on her feet and heal her legs. But Michelle's like really freaked out by this guy. Like, who is this guy? And Howard throws her some keys and the keys are to unlock her shackles so she can get out. Dude, what the heck is up with Howard? So Michelle tries to think of a way to get out of this room. Like, how is she going to escape? So she decides to start a little fire in the air vent, hoping that that's going to get Howard's attention because she wants Howard to come in the room so she can attack him. And sure enough, Howard walks in the room and Michelle tries to attack him. But before you know it, Howard puts her to sleep. Wait, is Howard bad or good? So Michelle wakes up and Howard's sitting there with food for her. And Howard explains to Michelle how he saved her life from the car crash and found her and was able to recover her. And during the time of the car crash, there was a nuclear accident. So he took Michelle underground into the basement to save her from all the radiation. So Howard explains to Michelle how the air is polluted and there's so much radiation that it would take years for the air to clean up for them to go outside again. So everyone outside is dead. Yeah, so Howard explains to her how everyone outside of the bunker has died. So Michelle gets up and starts wandering around the bunker and she meets a new friend named Emmett and Emmett's also living in the bunker with them. So how many others are in the bunker? So it's just Michelle, Emmett, and Howard and Howard takes them around and shows them the living space and shows them how there's DVDs, board games, there's food to last them for years. But Howard just has one rule and tells them, I just have one rule, and that is no one touches each other. Well, that's a weird rule to say. Right? And when Michelle's looking around the house, she finds this photo of this girl named Megan, and Howard says, oh, Megan's no longer with us. Yeah, that's not weird at all. Yeah, so Howard decides to take Michelle to the very top of the bunker to show her the outside. And Michelle sees like how there's like some animals that are dead, and she sees Howard's truck outside. And she recognizes the truck. And she remembers that truck because the same truck she saw at the gas station the night of her accident. So this makes Michelle super suspicious of Howard. Okay, that is really weird. So later that day, Michelle goes to talk to Emmett. And she tells him, I think Howard tried to kill me. I think Howard's the one that crashed into my car that night. And Emmett's like, no, Howard wouldn't lie to you. Like, Howard's a good person. Howard actually saved my life from the nuclear attack and let me live here. So later that night when they have dinner, Michelle wants to try to think of a plan to upset Howard so that she could escape. So what she does is she starts trying to flirt with Emmett and this really upsets Howard. But what Howard doesn't know is Michelle actually stole his keys. So she's hiding underneath the table. So all of a sudden they hear this sound like a car above their head and she's able to attack Howard, knocks him over and she runs to the front to try to get out with the key. And when she gets to the top, she realizes there's a car outside. And the person's driving it? Well, no, there's actually like a crazy lady outside that's like starts trying to say like, help me and stuff. And all of a sudden, Michelle's like, oh my gosh, this is real. Like Howard's not lying. So Michelle goes back downstairs and starts trying to cooperate with Howard. Okay. So Howard did kind of save Michelle's life. Yeah. So they all start kind of getting along. The three of them eat dinner. They have like, they show them playing board games. All of a sudden they hear alarms start going off. And this alarm means that the air filtration unit was turned off. So Howard has Michelle climb through the air vents to get to the control room. And when she gets into the control room, she notices she looks up and there's a window. And on the window, there's a word help engraved in the glass. So Michelle thinks that's really weird. So she turns back on the air filtration unit. But when she looks down, she notices there's an earring on the ground and there's blood on it. Uh, here we go. So Michelle notices that this earring is really familiar to her. So she goes up to Emmett and says, like, look at this earring. Have you seen this before? And Michelle remembers that the same earring was in the photo with that girl named Megan. 
So she shows the photo to Emmett, and Emmett's like, that girl's not Megan, that's Brittany. That girl actually went to school with my sister and went missing two years ago. Okay, this is getting weird. Then all of a sudden, when Emmett and Michelle were going through Howard's stuff, one of Howard's books had a photo of him and Brittany together. And the shirt that Brittany was wearing is the same shirt that Howard gave to Michelle to wear. So Michelle and Emmett start realizing that Howard's really bad. So they have to plan an escape to get out of here. So Michelle sees a picture of a hazmat suit in a magazine. So she gets a shower curtain and starts trying to cut one together and try to make a hazmat suit every day. Wait, just one suit? Isn't there two of them? Yeah, well, only one suit because one person would stay back with Howard and one person would go out and try to get help to bring like authorities back to arrest Howard. So what Emmett would do when Michelle was working on the suit, he would play board games with Howard to like distract him. But Howard thought that was really weird. So later that day, Howard asked Michelle and Emmett, like, come here, I want to talk to you. He wants to know why some of his tools were missing. Oh, no. So Emmett confesses to Howard and says, it was all my fault. Michelle had nothing to do with it. I've been trying to plan this. This is all on me. Michelle had no idea about it. And as Emmett's apologizing, and before he could finish, Howard shoots him. What? So later that day, Howard, like, cleans up and, like, shaves his face and, like, tries to look presentable and goes up to Michelle. And Michelle's, like, freaked out, right? She's crying. She's so sad about Emmett's death. Howard brings her some ice cream. And obviously, she doesn't want no ice cream. So Michelle realizes to honor Emmett's death, she's going to finish this hazmat suit and get out of here. So she starts working on the hazmat suit again. But while she's finishing up the suit, Howard finally sees her making the suit. And they start fighting. So they're, like, fighting. And then all of a sudden, Michelle kicks over, like, this poison bucket. And it gets all over Howard. And she starts trying to cause a bunch of barriers in Howard's way so that he can't get to her. And then she manages to get to the top of the bunker and escape and break out. She got out? Yeah, so she's outside and she's running. But in the process of running to the car, she accidentally rips her suit. And she starts freaking out. Dude, you gotta be kidding me. So she grabs some duct tape and she starts trying to tape up and patch up her suit so that that poisonous air doesn't get in. But when she's doing this, she looks up in the sky and she realizes that she sees birds flying in the sky. And she's like, how are birds flying in the sky if there's poisonous air? They should be dead. So she decides to take off her mask. And sure enough, she could breathe. There's nothing wrong with the air. Wait, so there is no nuclear attack. Yeah, so get this. All of a sudden, she sees an airplane in the distance. But all of a sudden, the airplane turns around, and it's actually an alien. Wait a second. This is a sci-fi story? Yeah, so all of a sudden, the alien's trying to attack Michelle. And it's trying to, like, bring her into the mouth of the alien. So Michelle gets a bomb and chucks it inside the alien's mouth, and the alien dies. And Michelle's able to get away. Okay, that's a crazy ending. That story has such a crazy twist. Like, I would have never expected it to end that way. I remember when I saw it, I was like, what? Dude, I thought this girl was, like, getting kidnapped. Like, it was, like, a whole, like, thing. But it's aliens? Yeah, so it's aliens the whole time. So to everyone who made it this far in the podcast, thank you so much for watching. If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. It's the one with the thumbs up. It'll bring happiness into your life, so please do it. Also, comment what you want us to talk about next week. As you guys saw, we used your suggestions about what you wanted us to talk about this week, and we did it. So make sure you do it for next week. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok, and we'll see you guys next Saturday on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. We'll see you on the TikTok. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.